You're listening to the Big Finish podcast launched on the 26th of May 2019. Is this your spaceship? No. Then I don't think you should be in it. Naughty. Coming up in this podcast uh, We're going to go behind the scenes with Torchwood We return to a live podcast recording we did at a Doctor Who convention for the final segment We tease you with Nicara- <laughs> Nicaragua We tease you with Nicola Bryant reading a short trip for the Doctor entitled Under Odin's Eye And we give you 25% off a random Big f- I've run out of impasses. Uh, big finish release. But as well as that, we also tease you with the first 15 minutes of a cracking Torchwood adventure. <laughs> Sink. Well, anyway, I'm Benji Clifford, he's Nick Briggs, and welcome to you all. Yes, do you come in and join the fun of Big Finish, the proud purveyors of the finest audio drama and audiobooks in this entire sector of the cosmosphere? Doctor Who is our main thing, I suppose, but there's so much more. Why not take a peek at bigfinish.com? Why not? I mean, why not? Why, why not? not? Yeah. Well, why I mean, why lose, not? Have you? Well, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. <laughs> Anyway, coming up before we do anything else, it is time for listeners' emails. <gasps> and, of course, anybody that knows me knows I love an email. I do, oh, I do, I do. Uh, it's true, it's true, it's true. Uh, I have a shoe, a shoe, a shoe. Um, a tissue. Say everything tissue, three times. Tissue. Anyway, um, <laughs> and if you want to talk to us, have a chat, do your thing, then all you have to do is send us an email to podcast at bigfinish.com. That's podcast at bigfinish.com. Easy as that, you see. Easy as pie. Yes, easy as pie. Uh, <laughs> and the first one here is from Magnus Svensson. Hello, Nick and Benji. I'm really loving Ravenous and can't wait to see what you at Big Finish do with Ravenous 4. The character of the Eleven is one I'm very fond of and would love some extra releases with him. Mm. Is this likely at all? I hope so. Oh, well, the interesting thing about this email, it was sent from, there's a new sort of button on the Big Finish website where you can just sort of send the email and we get it in a sort of little packaged thing with the Big Finish logo on. It was very exciting to receive. I'm boring myself, frankly. Uh, (laughs) Ravenous is, of course, the Eighth Doctor saga, which has been involving the Eleven and the Ravenous. They are ravenous. Um lots of exciting developments there the 11 yeah i think the 11 might bleed across to something else at some point but i'm saying nothing more than that Mm. Um, but he has a particular story trajectory (laughs) what does that mean here's one from regular listener one of our regular listeners michael house dear nick and benji first my compliments on torch with the green life in addition to the well-written story and its intentions to detail in regard to the Green Death, the Doctor Who story, you know, with John Pertwee. I certainly know it well. On. Yeah, well, that's good, wasn't it? Yeah. With Katie Manning's final story on the telly, wasn't it? Um, I particularly like the presentation of Joe Grant. While she is naturally more experienced and worldly than in the aforementioned story, she is the same person at heart as she was then, and this proves to be a strength even affecting jaded Captain Jack a little. Congratulations all round. 
Second, I'm glad that Big Finish is bringing the current story in Survivors to a finale while the actors and the production team retain their enthusiasm for it. We certainly do retain those. I love doing it and I will miss it like mad. Me too, me too. I have an uneasy relationship with this series because it is is a courageous, thoughtful depiction of disturbing situations. Thus, while it makes gripping storytelling with complicated, believable characters, I find it hard to listen to any given box set all in one sitting or more than once, unlike most other Big Finish productions. I'm happy to have come along for the ride, however, and I'm proud to have endorsed it with my hard-earned money, time and money. Keep up the good work. Be seeing you, Michael House. little reference to the prisoner there from Michael. I think it's a valid point that Michael makes, don't you think? Well, it's, it's an uncomfortable um, series, isn't it, really? I think it's, you know, we always say to people, um, you might not like Survivors because you d- you're not meant to like it, you're just meant to experience it because it's a totally uh, gritty sort of uh, version of, of the end of the world, really. I love working on it. Again, though, making it, it's the same. I'm sure you've had the same, Nick, um, when you work on it. Um, it does get to a point where it can be a bit heavy and you have to step away because it's pretty dark. Some of the yeah. stuff and the concepts in there is dark and some of the characters as well. You know, it's uh, it's a great cracking bit of drama. I'm so proud to um, be involved with it. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll miss it as well, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's a valid point he makes, you know, to, to quit while we're ahead, really, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I mean... <clears throat> I often experience this when I'm looking for around for something to listen to or watch in other places. I think, oh, that sounds really interesting, but that just might be a bit too heavy for me. And there's certainly been times, as I've said many times previously on the podcast, but just in case no one's heard me rabbit on about it, you know, where, where I've literally burst into tears listening to sound, to, to survivors, listening to the sound design before I do the music. And it creates all sorts of interesting creative challenges for me doing the music because when something sad or harsh happens the the obvious thing to do is to do sad or harsh music but sometimes you've got to you know what I mean either got to leave it without music or but because when you've got a production with music the absence of it can sometimes be devastating devastatingly affected you know it's almost like sort of (gasps) breathing in and not breathing out and that has a really uh uh yeah quite uh, an effect on the listener so that that's always that's always a real um exhilarating challenge for me to know whether to go big to be sentimental or then at some point eventually allow the audience the luxury of a tiny bit of sentiment rather than it being very stark and dark so that's not me I know exactly what you mean. It's it's, and that's I think as well as is what is so good I think about Survivors is that it puts you in in uncomfortable places and scenarios, uh, and it leaves you fairly helpless. And it's mm. not there's there's you know there often are happy endings to things, and I'm not saying that this doesn't come with happy endings, but sometimes it can be a pretty bitter pill to swallow in Survivors. And uh, drama-wise, especially, is you know, it's not always easy. But I love it. Yeah. Well, we got another email here from Dave Sharp. Dave Sharp. Dave, <laughs> played by Sean Bean. Um, 
Not to be confused with Brian Blessed there. Dave Sharp! I don't know, it's just, it's just the sort of name he'd say, isn't it? It, it is very much so, yes, yes, yes. Uh, hi, Nick and Benji. Uh, the new website looks great, but there's one thing that struck me as strange. It's all green. It's all green, and there's a. It's all written in Comic Sans, and there's a picture of a, <laughs> a picture of a the Spanish Riviera, on the front page. Um, no, it says here when you select audiobooks, then go to Doctor Who Monthly Adventures, you have to scroll through a lot of future releases with no titles or cover work, uh, cover work, cover artwork before you get to anything useful. I realise that you can filter to show currently available releases, but for someone casually browsing through the ranges, it might just be a little bit better if the filter was set to currently available as the default when the page first comes up. Either that, or just don't bother showing the releases that don't have any details yet. The same applies to other ranges, uh, but particularly the monthly adventures, as there are so many uh, future releases uh, shown. Well, I would say this. It's quite easy to click the reverse order button. You know what I mean? It's from, I don't know. It's a thorny one, isn't it, that, Dave? Dave! Um, you know, it's just... Um, I'll talk, I'll have a chat to them about that. It's difficult to know. Maybe there is... The trouble is we do want people to know that loads of stuff is planned, you know, in advance, so they can order stuff. Um Mm, it's a, it's a different, yeah, I must talk to Sue Cowley and Ed Hughes about that. We'll have a, we'll have a bit of a chinwag. Thanks for bringing it up, Dave. Continuing the email here. Uh, anyway, that's just a suggestion and apologies if others uh, have already asked the same thing. Well, not to my knowledge, they have. As a tangential aside, uh, I saw the film Churchill on TV the other night and noticed in the credits that Field Marshal Montgomery, <laughs> Field Marshal Montgomery, Field Marshal Montgomery was played by Julian Wotham, uh, a name I recognised from uh, your Avengers series. Uh, it is a shame that you didn't give him coaching on how to do uh, Monty's voice properly for the film. Uh, might have made it a little more entertaining. Uh, oh well. Uh, thank you for your time reading this email. Uh, regards, Dave Sharp, uh, Melbourne, Australia. <laughs> thank you, Dave. Um, well, yeah. I'm, uh, next time I see Julian, I'll say, why didn't you do an outrageous, silly voice? <laughs> what happened to the silly voice, man? Uh, good point, though. I'm not sure whether I've um, ever spoken to Julian about that. The only thing that springs to mind about Julian is that Tom Baker, whenever he hears Julian Wadham's name, says, you know, he ate all the macaroons. Yeah. <laughs> he just sat there while I was talking to him because Tom always brings macaroons to the recording. And he said, and Julian sat there and ate a whole packet of macaroons while he was listening to Tom. Uh, I'm not sure whether it's true, but I, I did say to Julian the next time I saw him, I said, apparently you ate all the macaroons. He said, when Tom Baker's talking, what else can you do? <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't get to speak, so you might as well eat. Uh, now, uh, oh, here's one last one from Alex Hargrave. Alex, I think um, you uh, also mentioned something that I mentioned uh, last time round with the listeners' emails, where my, my being that I should be nicer to people when they write in, not so flippant. You're absolutely right. You know, just got 
just got carried away and shouldn't have done uh anyway alex says hi nick and benji the start of 2019 has been an absolute cork of the big finish releases however i have a quick bit of feedback wow that's a bit of feedback about a recent packaging decision now this is quite interesting uh the recent fourth doctor comic strip adaptations were presented in a slip cover with two plastic cases per story and an extra case for behind the scenes content the first case of each story had a cover with the current Doctor Who logo and the second featured the alternate retro cover. While I love having these retro covers, it is an interesting choice given you are quite rightly trying to reduce plastic costs, plastic costs and space in your warehouse. Would Big Finish consider packaging future fourth Doctor adventures like the first Doctor adventures currently are? i.e. each story in a dual CD case with a reversible cover and a separate disc for extras. I mean, I have to be honest, having got to the end of that paragraph, I don't quite follow it, but I promise to bring it up with the relevant people. I mean, we're still very inconsistent in our packaging and we really should... Uh, I know that Sue Cowley is very keen to sort of standardise it and make sort of more sensible um, consistent decisions the stories are obviously more important than anything else uh, continues alex but i thought you might like some feedback regarding packaging always always but yeah we'll have a look into that uh, can't wait to hear about the rest of your 20th anniversary releases if they are as wonderful as those you've announced so far i have no doubt we are in for a treat kindest regards alex thanks well, thanks alex. for that and that's it for the emails. There'll be listeners' email, uh, every podcast, just the one, uh, and then a full uh, email section every three weeks. That's something to look forward to, isn't it? So now, under Odin's eye, a Doctor Who short trip out this month. Sad about your local market shutting down? Don't worry about it. Come on down to Odin Megastore, where we have everything you'll ever need. Welcome to Odin Megastore, where everything is for sale, even your planet. Here's Nicola Bryant teasing you with the first five minutes. <laughs> Big Finish presents Doctor Who, Short Trips, Under Odin's Eye, by Alice Cavender, read by Nicola Bryant. As Acadia Minor's one sun peeped over the horizon, a tall man with very angular features walked through the staff entrance of the Odin Megastore and clocked in for his shift. Happily ever after, intoned a colleague passing by. Happily ever after, he replied dourly. On a background hum of shutters being rolled up and the beep of forklift trucks, he pondered his lot as he punched his card. He was Mr. Average Barosian, and he knew that. With his reasonable looks, his identikit cottage, and a regular wage. But as he replaced his card and drew his finger down the rack, pausing at another employee's card, he felt much more than that. Happily ever after, Lucas, said a voice behind him. 
His hand fell from the rack and he turned to the other man. It's no good mooning over Ingrid, the bloke said kindly. She's living the eye life now, hobnobbing with the glitterati of the galaxy. Probably forgotten all about us. She hasn't, Sven, countered Lucas, pulling out a tattered postcard from his overall. Not this again, said Sven, but his friend held up a hand to silence him. I'm having a great time with the Interworld marketing team. Cocktail o'clock. Miss you all. Remember the good time we had at East Ridge Forest, quoted Lucas. You're paranoid, mate, said Sven, looking anxiously over his shoulder. And you'll get us both the sack. It's not very hoogly of you. Lucas ploughed on. Sven, she hates pretentious parties. And you know what happened at the forest, Sven sighed. We all had a massive row about the merits of corporate housing, which was actually more about you feeling miffed, Lucas, because she wouldn't move in with you. But Sven, you're not listening, hissed Lucas. It doesn't sound like her. This is a coded message. Sven shook his head. Mate, you need to get with the programme. You ran a market stall living hand to mouth, sharing a shack with your whole family. You now have a stable income and your own home. You've got a lava lamp in your fireplace instead of a cooking pot. We owe everything to Odin Industries. My point exactly, said Lucas. We're all in debt to them, so we're not complaining when people who get transferred out don't come back. Oh, Lucas, Sven said firmly. I'm going to the shop floor in the hope that by lunchtime you'll have got over yourself. He strode off purposefully, turned the corner, then stopped and sighed. Behind him, he heard Lucas say, Oh, hello, my lovely. How can I help you? Which was followed by a low growl, like that of a street mutt guarding its bone. He nervously peered back around the corner, but the corridor was empty. As the camp klaxon blared, Ingrid rolled over on her thin mattress. Every bone in her body ached as the sunlight pierced her eyelids. She regarded the limp body spread-eagled over the opposite bed like a doll tossed aside, its arm across its face. The arm fell down and the eyes fluttered open woozily. Lords of fire, she cried. Lucas! She shot off the mattress and knelt on the floor beside him. Oh, Ingrid, my lovely, he muttered. We'll be tripping the light fantastic. Well, you're tripping, mate, but that's the sedative. She hauled him round to sit him on the edge of the bed. He gazed around him at the sparse surroundings and the expanse of forest visible through the unglazed window. So, shepherd's hut chic. Is this the new thing on Arcadia Major, then? But we're not on Arcadia Major, Ingrid started to say. We're in East Ridge, like your postcard said, Lucas finished. What happened? asked Ingrid. I think I spoke out of turn, he grinned. The last thing I remember is a door opening on the Odin Tower and someone pushing me through it. Then a bright light and 
here I am. And don't forget you can wrap your ears around the entire story by going to bigfinish.com. All you have to do is type into the search bar Odin and you will find everything that you need to know. Literally everything, everything about the yeah. meaning of life, everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, what how long it takes to cook a potato? Pardon? How long it takes to cook a potato? It's definitely how long second. does it take? Well, it varies, you see. Depends what result you're after. Well, yeah, and it depends if you've got your potatometer set up to <laughs> the appropriate uh, potatoid settings. <laughs> potatometer. I love that. Potato- oh, look, I've got one here. Oh, oh he's broken his potatometer. Orbis's brain on the floor. Don't know what damage might have been done. <laughs> Shove yeah, it back I'll in. It's all right. He'll never know. What do you have to do with the potatoometer? You just put the thing in. <laughs> Get that. That's it. Oh, and then you put the potato in there. there yeah. Ah, I've got my finger. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. Oh dear. Oh 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 oh. Oh, it's all right. It's all right. We can salvage that. I'll just tell them it's a sausage. <laughs> um. <laughs> anyway, it's time now for us to journey to the fantasy world of Crawley where there was a Doctor Who convention by the Doctor Who Appreciation Society. We were privileged enough to be invited and did a live podcast recording featuring Benji, those Daleks could only travel on metal, uh, me, Lisa Greenwood, <laughs> Flip in the Sixth Doctor Adventures, and former Doctor Who magazine editor Tom Spilsbury. And here we go with the fourth and final segment. Now, last time I managed to get a round of applause for Death of the Daleks. Whoop, whoop. Thank you, thank you. This time... I'm talking about mashed potatoes and peas, obviously. I mean, I think I think I think I know what Benji means. I think the job he would have liked to have had on that uh, show is to be the person who made the mashed potatoes and peas that John Pertwee eats with the uh, Marine, yeah. Marine Space Corps. I love that. He leaves it as well. The yeah. mark of disrespect for the man. He's got, they're stranded on a planet. They're like, oh, you can have a bit of our food. And he yeah, takes one bite and goes, yeah, well, thank you, Eddie. Let's talk about it again. This is just mashed potato. Yeah. <laughs> mashed potato and peas. It's nice to know that mashed potato and peas will still be around in the space year 4020 or whatever it might be. Yeah, okay. Um, Tom. A Doctor Who um, story that you yeah, I suppose, would like I to it's have quite tempting. On. And what role would you like to have? Oh, uh, just just watching. Um, no, no, you have to select. Right, well, I, I would be the editor of Doctor Who magazine, watching. No. <laughs> <laughs> what role in the TV uh, series? Benji's making the mashed potato. What are right, you doing I, for your episode? I, I can, all right. I'll, What's the episode? Well, I, I, I'd, I'd want to choose something the question. from. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to be like question time. You know? <laughs> Inter- interrupting. I'm trying to answer the question. Answered it. Answer the question. <laughs> You're not answering the question. Yeah, this I, is all getting a bit a too Brexit for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I suppose something maybe from the black and white days, because okay. then you... Be more specific. You are know, um, <laughs> cruel. Like the Daleks' master plan okay, or something okay. like that. Because long, what, isn't it? No, well, I'd be, get to be on it for more, wouldn't I? Oh, and well, what would you be, Mavic Chen? No, I don't want to be in it. I, don't, I want to watch Kevin Stoney there. <laughs> so what would you be doing on set? All right, I'll... Answer I, the question, I'll, Mr I'll, Spilsbury. I, These I, people... I, I'll be a cameraman. <laughs> But I want, I'd, I'd want one to see One of the special it. wobbly ones to, who couldn't quite focus I'd in want time. To, yeah, going through the, the, the jungle and, and avoiding the Viagra plants. But, um, Accidentally but, getting into shot. But yeah, but, yeah. but you know, obviously because a lot of that story is missing anyway, but, but to be able to actually see it 
for, for real in colour, that would be amazing. Well, yeah. You know, that, uh, or, or failing that, I would choose um, the Free Doctors and be there for when Patrick Troughton and John Pertwee are there together. Rowing. Yeah. <laughs> that would be fun. Yeah. Lisa, that's well, a good I, answer. Thank you. Oh, well done. Well, well done, Tom. Round of applause. Well done. Yeah. Thank okay, you for Tom Dealing with my aggressive, Paxman-esque <laughs> assault. Yes. I would say... I don't know the name of it, so you guys are going to have to help me out, but it's... Death the... to the Daleks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the one with the mashed potato. Yeah, the yeah. mashed potato. And the... No, it's um, uh, David Tennant's regeneration. End of time. End of time. Of time. <laughs> I think the scene between Billy Piper and David at the end was wow. so beautiful, and it, it was... Oh, I thought, guys, I'm, I'm, I Thank thought it was beautiful. Hatcher, yes. It made me want to cry. Yeah, you know, yeah, it was so... <laughs> Who's this guy? I loved it, and I just thought... I'm, I, I think that they were the best team. So what like, would together. you like to have been in that scene? I want to be the TARDIS. Round of applause for the TARDIS, the TARDIS. everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah, go, there it is. I'm here today. Bet, you know, that TARDIS we've got here, look, just clears the ceiling by less than two inches. I bet you were so pleased when you brought it in. This guy's this is never gonna fit in here. <laughs> Maybe it's a screw on, the top bit, like a light bulb. Imagine getting up for that one. Be a bit of a yeah. bit of a logopolis job, wouldn't it? Lisa, you're an you're an actual actress though, because I, I couldn't answer that because I don't work in television. But if you could actually play a role, yeah, you know, in, in another companion on TV or something, would you would you want to play Billy Piper's role? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. but I um, <laughs> I'd love to play the Catwoman. I've forgotten her name. Like you know the one that the cat. That's what character dwarf, was that? Isn't it? No. The nub, the nub, yeah, she was a cat, right? But she meant Lisa Bowne yeah. for a moment. Do you know the character who's the cat? The cat nun, the nurse. Yeah. Novice Haynes. Like I love cats, so if I was going to play a character on Doctor Who, it'd be the cat. We had her in playing a, a character in. Yeah, you did. Yeah. 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 Did, did you meet her? Ever? Yeah. Of course, you did. Your yeah. first one, you did with <laughs> yeah. her, didn't you? What's the actress's name? God. Anna Hope, Anna that's Hope. right. She's now, uh, I mean, I think she's still an actor, but she writes books, doesn't she? Oh. Is that right? Oh. Are they about cats? Yeah, let's hear it for Anna Hope. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Two people there don't like Anna Hope. They're just leaving. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, goodbye. They've mentioned Anna Hope. I'm out of here. Um, <laughs> how much time have we got left, by the way? So, no, I was looking at Edward over there. But go on, OK. <laughs>
Um, but I mean, my dad actually, he was, he, my dad's um, 80 this year. Round of applause for my dad. Yay! <laughs> He was he was already in his twenties when it started. So wow. he's quite. He's a, I talked to him, and he doesn't have that um, childhood connection to it. Um, but he had that through me, you know, when I was a kid. And so I think as you get older, you get, you know, they, exactly as you say, that different sort of perspective. Because um, when when I was a kid, Doctor Who was just scary. I didn't think it was um, funny particularly, or. or um, uh, you know, it was it was just all about the scares. That was the point, and th- and that was watching Nightmare of Eden, <laughs> stories like that. Um, you know, but I know. But this is the thing: we laugh at that now because uh, we look at it in a different way. But I, I was genuinely scared. Round of applause for Nightmare of Eden. <laughs> <laughs> Bigger than Death of the Dog, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Hold on. <laughs> oh, yeah. So yeah, I th- I think um, I I would say the thing that grabs you first of, first of all is is because it's scary. Later on, other things maybe, but that, that for me would be, be the thing. Well, we're going to wind up very soon, but Benji, I feel you should answer that question. Okay, yeah, OK. Um, I think one thing is when you're young, you like to play and you like to enjoy things. You know, when I was little, I remember, distinctly remember, in my year one class, they built a spaceship in there, this thing, and we all used to pretend to play in the spaceship. And then I think the thing about Doctor Who is that one week you're on a spaceship, the next week you're you're with knights in castles doing all kinds of things. And it's that, that feeling of where am I going to go next? What am I going to see? That's what always appealed to me about the show is that you never quite know where you're going. And it's but it's always exciting, and I think it's that level of discovery. And it's an adventure. I think that that really does sum it up. But also, yeah, the scary thing. It does. It was. Scary. I still have. I still have nightmares about you know um, Dalek invasion of Earth twenty one fifty A D, which isn't scary at all. I don't think it is. But I have these nightmares of the um, the Daleks on the saucer. Um, these doors are closed by magnetics. All you have to do is break the two poles. <laughs> but um, I have nightmares about that. But. Um, I, I, don't, I never found it remotely scary, and I still don't. I don't know why I do, but apparently I... I, I, do, I was... I, I do. The nylon scared me. You know, it had the, the horns that would go down and it... it Round it was, of applause for horns of nylon. <laughs> well, I think that beat Death of the Daleks. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's one. I'll edit it so, it's, so Death it, of the Daleks sounds better. <laughs> Listen, folks, uh, yeah. um, so, uh, listen, uh, we're Big Finish. We love stories. And if you love stories, do come to Big Finish, bigfinish.com. Uh, I can't invite you to Big Finish Day on the 22nd of June because it's sold out. Hey. Uh, How many people are going to Big Finish Day? Hey. Hey. Seven people now. <laughs> um, but if, and if you want to write into the podcast you can send your emails to podcast at bigfinish.com and we will certainly air your views and, and be very gentle and nice to you I've been told, <laughs> I've been told not to be so aggressive anyway <laughs> thanks very much thanks for having us ta-ta Thank you very much, everybody, for uh, Big Finish. And I think a special round of applause for Nick, who has won Pointless this evening. And next week, we hope to bring you a brand new podcast feature. Yeah, exciting, eh? I mean, we hope to. No promises, but, you know, fingers crossed. Not the finger that I chopped off in my potato with her. Cross that with 
a fork or something. Time now to go behind the scenes with Torchwood Sink, starring Indira Varma and Annette Badland. And um, I believe that uh, Scott Hancock, the director, is having a little chat as well. Hello, I'm Scott Hancock, the producer of Torchwood Sink, and I'm joined this afternoon by... Annette Badland, playing Margaret Blaine. And Indira Varma, playing Susie Costello. Two dead characters brought back to life in best <laughs> big finish fashion. <laughs> Welcome both. Is this Thank the you. first time you've worked together on anything? Yes. Yes, it is. We're it's firm friends now. Yes. I was going to say, I had to ask, because throughout the day, I, I've just had that impression you must have known each other for years. Not at all. Not know of each other's work. Well, I know of your work. And I know of your work. <laughs> I've seen you on the stage. <laughs> yeah. No, we didn't know one another at all. We got to giggle a lot. Yes. A lot of giggle. That always helps. Both in the script and as ourselves. Yes. Yeah. And this is a lovely fusion of the sort of Doctor Who and Torchwood universes, because obviously Susie it was a Torchwood sort of regular to begin with. Yeah. She didn't last long, but... <laughs> <laughs> that was the intention. Yeah. Yes. Um, and hey, you're, you know, the Slothene were in the very first block of Doctor Who filming. Yes, right they back were. In 2004, that would have been. Yeah, they were the first eps that were shot because they um, always tuck away the first episodes of something into the middle of filming so they know what they're up to and how long things take, prosthetics and such like. So we actually shot the Slothene, the first two eps were the first two shot and then Russell wrote um, Boomtown and that arrived around Christmas. We shot the first two eps in July, the summer and then uh, at Christmas I got this wonderful present of, of Boomtown. Which I think he only wrote because you'd been so good in uh, the yes, first two episodes. Yes, physical <laughs> aspects of my <laughs> character, shaking my booty and such like, yes. But did you ever think that, you know, however many years later, and we can't, won't count them. It's not that many. No. It really did, isn't. Did you ever think, you know, you, the character would live on in this way? I always hoped she'd come back. Um, so it's fantastic that this has happened. And it's such a good script. It's um, compassionate and funny and... Um, I think it's got so much in it that uh, it's terrific. She has manifest in this way again. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it cracks along at a fair lick, this script. Yeah. What did you both think when you sort of, it, you know, it landed on your doormat and you got to sort of leaf through? Did you know what you were letting yourself in for? <laughs> well, you never know that until you've turned the first page. Um, <laughs> but it was an easy read. It was great. It just drove me on and I just thought, oh, this is wonderful. I'm going to enjoy this day. Yeah, and it's so fun that how ridiculous these stories get, I think. <laughs> I think that's part of the joy of doing yes. them. It's very satisfying. And being worried about the dry cleaning bill Yes, yeah. because of it. Yeah, I mean, there's it's actually true. a lot of physical comedy for an audio drama, yes. which is yeah. quite fun. <laughs> it's like a road movie, isn't it? Yes. Thelma yeah. and Louise. Yeah, Thelma <laughs> and Louise. Margaret and Susie. Margaret yeah. and Susie, yeah. <laughs> Well, the original title, I think, was Susie and Margaret, but then we realised when abbreviated, it became S&M, which we had. Oh. We and we're more Would have been appropriate. M&S, absolutely. Um, I don't know, but I think they're more s and <laughs> those two. Well, you do have dinner in bondage in uh, Boomtown. Yes, Town, I loved that. And the idea of people being outsiders in their own yeah. country or their own city and here it's, you know, their planet, they feel an, an outsider of their own planet, which I think is brilliant, yes. and friendship and all that sort of thing. And if you want to find Torchwood Sink on the Big Finish website, all you do is go to bigfinish.com and I reckon type sink into the search engine. And if you do that, yeah, I just tried it. You get a drop-down menu and one of the options is Torchwood Sink and there it is. 
<laughs> and any minute now we'll be dramatizing you with the first 15 minutes of Torchwood Sync. But before that, we're giving you 25% off a randomly selected big finish release. Well, the ran is just in. It is Doctor Who, Year of the Pig. Year of the Pig. There we go. Now, as, as you like the cover of this, don't I you? I love the cover of this one, yeah. It's great fun. A pig sitting in a chair. Oh. It's got everything. A pig sitting in a chair, and then there's a chair with a pig sitting in it. It's oh. also got the Sixth Doctor and Perry, isn't it? Yeah, it's Hiding um, behind some curtains. It's by Matthew Sweet, who's a brilliant writer and a lovely person, and the most fantastic interviewer. He's very good. Um, he is good. He is good. Knows his stuff. But it also stars Maureen O'Brien. Oh. This is the first time she worked for us. Interesting. Not in, not in the uh, actual Doctor Who role. Not playing Vicky, no. Oh. But it was as a result of this that she decided that she'd come in and play Vicky for us. So very indebted to uh, Gary Russell for getting her into this. I mean, the uh, in inverted commas interesting aspect of this production is that when I became executive producer, we'd sort of run out of productions. There were a load of things in the works, but none of them were really ready. And so uh, this was actually um, Year of the Pig was going to be released later, um, but because it was finished. I brought it forward to sort of plug the gap while other things were being finished. So uh, there was a... People may remember that the, the order of releases changed around about that time. And that was why, because several other things were not ready. And what was not ready... Um, Circular Time certainly wasn't ready. And uh, no, no Man's Land, as it became to be uh, known. I changed the title of that. Uh, new broomism people called it at the time changing you stop changing things but uh, yeah so year of the pig I, I have very fond memories of that because i thought give me something that's finished that i can release and there <laughs> anything, it was anything. it was finished and i was very happy to have something i could release to the public and what did you see in the distance but a wonderful pig sitting at a table <laughs> it was finished that was the main thing um it's funny to think there were no downloads then it was all just cds Well, all right, no reaction, fine. Oh, sorry, sorry. I was, I was miles away then, <laughs> was lost on the Big Finish website, just scrolling around. So, it's um, funny that, isn't it? And you just go... <laughs> yeah, I was, I, was just, I was just enjoying it. I was just looking at the layout and was just kind of enjoying seeing everything has changed, really, that's all. But, but it's funny to think there weren't downloads back in those days, Benji. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Because, <laughs> you know, you, we forget because these things become so easy and so part of just the way the internet works in our daily lives that actually um, they, they haven't actually been around that long it's the same with streaming though isn't it it's like yeah. streaming seems like such a natural thing like st walking around streaming music but I remember I was one of the first people to have Spotify I was on the exclusive uh, list of people uh, when they launched it to test it all out so wow. I was, you know, it was a real streaming stuff was new and yeah. exciting and everybody had these iPods and I had this app. Uh, it wasn't even an app. Yeah, it would have been an app by that point. Yeah, very exciting stuff. Interesting, isn't it? How quickly we get used to things. Yeah, now mm. you're thinking, blimey, CDs, that's a bit old hat. But um, still vitally important for people that like 
collecting I mean, it's just things. the movement of technology. You know, someone was saying to me the other day, they said, oh, well, you know, DVDs are really kind of defunct now. Um, and Blu-rays have got about two more years. There's two more years and Blu-rays will stop as well. Everything will just be digital media. Isn't that really? interesting? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think there, there's always going to be room for for collectors. I mean, certainly things like um, buying CD players is getting harder to do now. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I was only looking the other day for a CD player for my hi-fi, and there's not many companies that will certainly not many companies that sell professional um, CD players now. It's all the latest thing is all streaming things that you can. Everything with bells and whistles, but yeah, magic. The future. Well, sorry, just said the future. The Moon future. Yeah, just saying it. Just saying. Just the saying it. Yeah. Um. By the way, that year of the pig, you get twenty five percent off it uh, if you go to the news story that accompanies this podcast at bigfinish.com. So you may be listening to the podcast uh, by other means, but if you go to bigfinish.com. Uh, in the little bit of blurb about this podcast there's a link to the offer it says press here and you press the word here once you click that link very nice clicking nice clickage there benji uh just type in the code word buck up all capitals no punctuation or sideburns no sideburns <laughs> no sideburns oh my goodness i grew a beard then otherwise i would have been in trouble but on that uh, rather facial-haired bombshell, I think it is time to say goodbye. Oh, I've loaded up the car. I've uh, I've put my driving shoes on. Um, <laughs> I've loaded the uh, the CD player in the car with the year of the pig, and on off we go, Nick. So uh, goodbye, yeah, cheerio, goodbye. Uh, but while we're not here, you might want to listen to the first 15 minutes of Torchwood Sync by Lisa McMullen and starring Indira Varma and Annette Badland. Anybody home? Oh. Hello. Who the hell are you?
Then I don't think you should be in it. Naughty. I saw the crash. I came to help. And is there anyone to help? No, but look at this. An actual spaceship. Oh. <laughs> so you're a UFO spotter. This must be your lucky night. <laughs> well, up to point. Who are you? I'm Margaret Blaine. I'm the mayor of Cardiff. Is it just you and me in here? How cosy. <laughs> and unfortunate. For you. Don't threaten me. I'm warning you. Oh, an armed UFO spotter. Very prepared. But we do look nervous holding that gun, don't we? No. Why so excitable? I'm only the mayor. I'm hardly royalty. Now then. Stay where you are. I will shoot. I don't doubt it. It's Illyrian, if you're interested. What do you mean? It's Illyrian. The ship looks Illyrian. Mm. Smells Illyrian. Now, young women shouldn't be poking around in other people's spaceships. And tonight, I'm feeling generous. Go away before I hurt you. I'm holding the gun. Aren't you just? Not roomy. It'll do. For what? A getaway. You're going to fly this? Mm. <laughs> Hopefully. Perhaps the pilot shows their face. The pilot's gone. Did you point your gun at them? No. I saw someone running away from the crash. Some people give up too easily. Still, find us keepers. Lucky me. The controls are still working. Oh, now what are these? Silver hoops. They're quite pretty. Oh, 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 oh. Oh. What is it? Hmm. Some sort of weapon. Oh, I'm digging into my wrist and tickling the back of my mind. Oh, oh, oh. interesting. Interface. Oh, Andy! Doc! Can't get it off! Control circuit operative. Oh. Ah. Now, that sounds promising. What's happening? Oh. oh! That sounds less promising. And closer. Pity. Shall we take this outside? Oh! oh. Well, well, I was being sarcastic. Oh, still, that ship shouldn't have exploded. How come you're an expert? Oh. Didn't you say you're mayor of Cardiff, trying to steal a spaceship? Borrowing a spaceship, much as you're just an innocent bystander. Yes, as I say, I saw the crash. I couldn't believe it. It's amazing. I guess. Now it's gone. No evidence. No one's going to believe me now. No. Why didn't you mention you could fly a spaceship in your election manifesto? Well, everybody seemed rather more interested in the bin collections. Yeah. Sort that out, will you? I'm afraid some things are beyond even little old me. 
dear. You've lost your lovely gun. I, uh... It's left you quite defenseless. Sorry? No one could call me a spiteful woman. Not ordinarily, but... Uh, I was looking forward to that spaceship. Right now, I should be soaring through the Oort Cloud, not lying in the mud. Bit of a setback. I'm not angry. I'm disappointed. And you wouldn't like me when I'm disappointed. Wait, wait. Can you hear that? Of course. That's a lot of sirens. Yes. It is. You really want the emergency services finding the mayor of Cardiff at the site of a crashed spaceship? It... Oh, my God. Especially if you were standing over my body. <laughs> the very idea. <laughs> so, shall we run? <laughs> Splendid idea! <laughs> Oh, I've only got little legs these days. Get down. Someone send all the emergency services. No wonder the council tax bills are so high. Woe betide anyone whose cat is stuck up a tree tonight. Wait, what's that car? That's Torchwood. Get down. Why? Who are they? Don't you know? No. You're a very curious human. Why didn't you want to be found at the crash site? Don't they like UFO spotters here? I don't like to be the centre of attention, that's all. Wait, human? Clever girl. You're an alien. Would you like an autograph? <laughs> this must be Christmas Day and your birthday all rolled into one. <laughs> but you look human. What are you? I'm the Mayor of Cardiff. You should show a little more respect. <laughs> well, it looks like the coast is clear. Now, where were we? Ah, yes. Perhaps you'd like to start running. From what? Me. But I do like a hunt. Since you're a fan, I'll give you a head start. Shall we say five seconds? You're going to kill me? Oh, yes. Five, Wait. four, Listen, this three, is ridiculous. two, one. Wait! <laughs> Stop running! Fratchard, stop running! You told me to run! Now I'm telling you to stop! You're chasing me! Yes! You're gonna kill me! Actually, right now, I'm doubled over in agony! Stop! Moving! Oh, oh, thank you. Oh, let's get our breath back. Oh, what? Oh, what was that? Oh, hang on. Still winded. Oh, what happened? Oh, it's the bracelets. I think. Must be. What bracelets? Oh, oh. the ship oh. said. It was a control circuit. It seems to have linked us. Seriously? Why? How should I know? We need to get them off. 
Ugh, mine's stuck. Uh, it's like it's melded itself to my skin. Mm. I can't get it off. Surely we, we can't be linked. Oh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Let me check. <laughs> oh, no! No! no. no. Stop just, moving! I'm just testing the range. Oh. Oh. Bully for you. Let me move more than about ten feet away from you. Looks like we're stuck with each other. How nice. Has to be a way of getting these off. It is literally bonded to Margaret's skin. And I'm not lugging your corpse around all evening. Wait. Margaret's skin? Yes. We need to find the ship's pilot. He can get these things off. No. That's not my primary concern. The pilot may be in need of help while they wait for rescue and, perhaps, in return, they might be able to remove these bangles. What if he's dead? If the bond is partly psychic, if you turn the brain off... You turn the connection off. This is a survivor update. A rescue pod has been dispatched to the pilot's location. Please rendezvous with the pilot. Rescue pod arriving in 90 minutes. Oh, again. You did hear that? I could hardly fail to. Hooray. What was that? Telepathic update. Presumably these bangles are an emergency procedure. Keeps crash survivors together. Tells them help is on its way. Further survivor update. Alert. Warp missiles detected. Homing in on your communication system. You are advised to disconnect system immediately. Missile impact in 91 minutes. Repeat. Disconnect your communication system immediately. But, but missiles? <laughs> yes. Someone's hijacked the beam. Someone who doesn't like Illyrians. We really need to find that pilot. Because of the warp missiles? Yes. They're heading right for these bangles. And since we can't get them off... For us! What's a warp missile? Warp missiles. They won't just kill us. They'll destroy most of Cardiff. If not... What? Well, this isn't exactly going according to plan. And what exactly was your plan? Why did you want that spaceship in the first place? I just wanted to get off this world. Now it's going to be destroyed. Come on. You wanted to get back to your home planet? I'm not even sure if I have a home planet anymore. Or, if I do, I'm certainly not welcome there. But this place, Cardiff, Earth, doesn't feel like my home. I know what you mean. And that's why you go looking for aliens? Oh, bless. I'll tell you something about aliens. You think we actually want to invade this world? What? That we come here for the weather? The only value that this planet has is a scrap. But, oh, look at you. Genuinely disappointed. <laughs> so human. But this planet, there must be something you want from it. Nothing. Sorry. Do you hate us? Humans? Not hate. That's a strong word. <laughs> but I'd rather not spend my last hours stuck to one. How do we even find this pilot? We need to get to Cardiff. I have some equipment there. Do you have a car? It's back at the crash site. Pity. There's no getting there without being spotted. What about you? Do you have a car? Well, no. 
There's a thought. And I'll let you into a secret. I have a personal teleport. Bye. What? No! Don't leave me! Help me up! Help me up! You abandoned me! It was worth a try! Was it? Really? Could you help me up? Please! Oh, that was most unpleasant. You left me in the path of those missiles. I'm bred for self-preservation. Try not to take it personally. Anyway, if I had been able to beam away, the signal might have dispersed and the missiles might not have landed at all. You've been listening to a Big Finish production. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. Oh, give us a five out of five. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. (laughs)